San Diego's talk radio leader, 760 KFMB presents It's Your Money and Your Life. For the next hour, Richard Musio and Joe Vecchio will educate and inform you on matters related to your financial future, your life, and your leisure. Now, with It's Your Money and Your Life, here are Richard and Joe. All right, good evening, everybody. My name is Joe Vecchio, your co-host, announcer, and producer, coming to you from KFMB Studios with 50,000 watts of power. We're heard not just in San Diego County, but Orange County, L.A. County, up the coast of Seattle on a good night, down to Cabo, out to the desert. If you download the app for 760KFMB or TuneIn Radio, you can hear us on any device as the show airs, and we are free on iTunes when the podcasts are posted as uh, well as our site, iymoney.com. Now time to introduce the main man of the hour. He's a CPA extraordinaire, an accomplished marathon runner, a best-selling author, a lecturer, a philanthropist, and a family office expert advising several high net worth families. His name is Richard Musio. Richard, Happy New Year and good evening. How are you tonight? <laughs> I'm great, Joe. Happy New Year to you. Thank you. So we, we spent the holidays at our house in Durango, Colorado, where we had a white Christmas. Well, we had a wet Christmas. We had a white one. We, <laughs> we, we got wet. back here just before New Year's, yeah. so I was shoveling snow and such. Uh-huh. It was a lot of fun. It was my first ever white Christmas. Really? Yeah. Well, our friends Bill and Michelle and company, they were up in, up in Steamboat, and okay. uh, they had plenty of, snow. plenty of snow. And as you know, New Year's here was a, a pretty wet, of, wet event. But oh, we yeah. need it's great. We had all this rain. I guess we're ahead of uh, rain projections, and uh, hopefully that'll uh, reduce the drought situation in the state. And we'll find out more about that, I guess, in the coming days and weeks, right? It all helps. Yeah. Also, congratulations, too. Uh, I didn't do much on New Year's Eve because of the weather, but uh, the following night, uh, I got invited to a little party. I thought it was going to be a, a 40th birthday surprise party for Nathan Fletcher. And turns out it was down at the former W, which is now the Renaissance downtown. And uh, they had rented out the rooftop, and I get up there, there's a, a few hundred, maybe 300 people, I don't know. But Nathan uh, knows a lot of people. Yeah, but anyway, Nathan and Lorena, uh, Nathan Fletcher Lorena Gonzalez got married. Uh, Congratulations. <laughs> and it was his 40th birthday. And it's for the day before, so yeah. uh, what, a, what a fantastic way to bring in the new year for them. And uh, that was just a, a great, great time, so congratulations. We'll get... I know we've had him on the show. We, we'll get Lorena on at some point, too, because she's very sharp, you know, doing great things in the assembly for, uh, for as many people as possible. Uh, let's see. Also, the Chargers. The, the do, do we have to? <laughs> well, you know. Uh, Mike McCoy has been fired. Yes, we know no that. No surprise there. My prediction is they are stuck. They're st- we are stuck with them. That's my prediction, and I don't think they're going anywhere. But, uh, you know, I could be wrong. But my, my prediction is the exact opposite. What? Do you think they're going now? What do you base that on? The fact that they lease space. That, 90 that, miles north of that's here to have con- an office. That's big deal. That's just all smoke and mirrors. That's scare tactics. That, that was contingent scare, upon scare them. Scare tactics mo- for what? Getting a new stadium? No, try, the, try, the vote yeah, failed. Yeah, yeah, trying to get more money out the of the city failed. at the 11th hour. They're trying to, uh, to get a commitment uh, out of the city and the county to get uh, more hundreds of millions of dollars for a new stadium. And, and Ain't going to happen. And I think after losing 26 out of the last 36 games and... Um, of which they had the lead in the fourth yeah. quarter, I think, in 21 of them. <laughs> I'll tell you, though, now, now look at the Rose Bowl. 95,000 people. Wasn't that something? Here's what the Chargers need to do. Instead of petitioning the league to move to Los Angeles, they need to petition the league to stop the games after three quarters. <laughs> No, I honestly do think they're going to stay, and they should just commit to staying here, and eventually, you know, they should. I don't know why they can't revamp and gut the existing space rather than tear it all down, um, you know, if that makes sense. Look what the Cubs did and the Ricketts did with Wrigley Field. I think they spent 
250 or 500 million dollars just revamping the existing structure that they had and, and they have a lot more ball games in in a in a baseball state park than they do in a football stadium that's part of the problem when you only have eight games a year yeah you're spending all that money on well 10 stadiums. if you count the preseason those but, don't count yeah well they count them when you sell when they sell your ticket season tickets so okay. but anyway we digress good luck we hope it all works out for everybody involved and and we'll see but but uh you know last week uh before new year's we had um Marissa Morris on, who is your intuitive. My uh, intuitive. And getting in touch with your intuition. She doesn't care whatever. about the Chargers. And, and you know what? I thought, uh, I didn't know if that was going to be a, an effective show, but as I listened to it, I go, wow, this, her life is kind of a metaphor for 2016, 2017, mm-hmm. because the beginning part of her life was very tumultuous, uh, as she was readily, you know, readily admitted and explained. Uh, and then, of course, it wound up on a very wholesome, positive uh, note. And uh, so that that's a great lead in for uh, this year and for our guests tonight, because thanks to uh, the group of 12 over at Sanford Burnham Prebis Medical Discovery Institute and Torrey Pines, which I attend their their monthly lectures. uh, I was able to hear this great speaker a while back, and uh, he has some local lectures coming up this month, which we'll talk about. But uh, he's a scientist, a researcher, a professional speaker. Uh, He makes cutting edge health and wellness research approachable. And he empowers his audiences to apply these uh, findings to, the, to their work in, in our daily lives. And it is our pleasure to welcome Dr. Mark Milstein to our show. Mark, welcome. Oh, thank you for having me. Great to be here. <laughs> it's great that also you were born and raised in San Diego, right? I was. I was born and raised in San Diego and then uh, went off to Los Angeles for school. Gotcha. But, uh, yeah, love being down here. Well, what what high it, school did you go to? La Jolla High. There you go. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, little footnote, I happen to know... Um, that your uncle was uh, started was in radio way back when, and a lot of folks in the audience might recognize him, Gabriel Wisdom, and that's your uncle, right? Yes, yes, that's my <laughs> uncle. Yeah, from KGB days, <laughs> radio show host. Yeah, and now I guess a financial advisor. Yes, yes. Yeah, and by the way, my wife Mary went to La Jolla High. Oh wow! Yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah. Huh? And so did Raquel Welsh. So right, right. <laughs> okay, the big three. <laughs> but anyway, Mark gave a great talk. Uh, he's one of his areas of expertise is speech, but but before let's get into your childhood and background before we get in, in, in your studies before we get into to that. So you uh, born and raised were in La Jolla, went to La Jolla High. You went to La Jolla High, born and raised in La Jolla. Okay, and yeah. then you went off to uh, you you chose UCLA, right? Yes, yes. Okay, so tell us what you studied there. Uh, when I went to UCLA, I studied molecular cell developmental biology, mm. so a lot of DNA genetics. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I went to grad school at UCLA, and I was a breast cancer mm. researcher, so cancer research. And I was part of a team of scientists that was involved in studying breast cancer, but there was also what we discovered was there was a protein that was involved in breast cancer when it's in the breast, but it was also involved in learning and memory when it's in the brain. Huh. So this same protein has two very different functions, and that really ignited my interest in brain science. Is that the only, it's R1N1, I'm looking R1, at your website, yeah, and, and is that the only places you find it, is it, where do you find this protein in pretty the body? Much, pretty much in the brain and in the breast tissue. That's it, huh? And it does two totally different things. Isn't that something? Yeah. Huh. Also the breast tissue of males? Yes, in okay. males as well. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So he got his doctorate in bio- biological chemistry and his, his bachelor's in molecular, cellular, and developmental biology. Wow, it's pretty, pretty heavy stuff. So um, anyway... I heard him give this great talk on on sleep and how we could uh, get more effective sleep and, and the whole history of sleep. I, I figured but, that out. <laughs> I'm going to tell you the answer. But um, sometimes anyway, the show. if you if you'd like, you know, you we can just 
start, you know, give us some of the preliminary remarks that you make when you give your talk, and, and then we can expand on it from there. So um, tell us, what, how, how did you even discover that this R1N1 was, uh, was uh, um, connected to our sleep patterns? Oh, so our, R1N1 is actually uh, involved in learning and memory, mm. which got me very interested in brain science. And then the bridge was is that our memory is very dependent upon how we sleep. Mm. Um, so what we've really discovered and a lot of other scientists have discovered as well in the last couple of years is that when we learn something and we uh, try to remember it, so we learn things in the moment, but we actually have a second part of the learning process, which mm. is while we're sleeping at night. So mm. our brain cells make these connections when we learn something, but if we don't sleep well, we don't solidify those connections and we don't remember things as well the next day. So it, we start to realize that all these things are very much connected. Uh, and so how we sleep impacts how much how we learn and how we remember things. And, and so I got really fascinated in, in the links in, in through all these areas. of So research. to maximize, let's say, a student's uh, effectiveness as far as um, preparing for an exam, right. that whole right. thing about cutting sleep is probably counterproductive, right? Right. So the idea of uh, cramming, mm-hmm. staying up all night versus just closing the book, looking it over, let's say one last time, closing the book and getting a good night's rest is much more likely to do well on the test. There's lots of studies that have actually shown that. And especially if you're taking a, like a CPA exam or a bar exam where it's over the course of three days, and if you're getting less and less sleep, right, you're right. probably going to do worse right, right. and worse. So. And people, but, people might... But anyway, we, we got to yeah. take a break, though, but uh, let's uh, sleep on that for a moment, folks. Come on back after the break. We'll be talking more with Mark Milstein. Hang on. <laughs> We're back with Dr. Mark Milstein, all about sleep. Also known as Milstein. Milstein, I'm sorry. He said he's okay with either one. <laughs> no Milstein. Gosh, His oh mother. I should have got a Joe, better night's sleep, I guess. So huh? Mrs. Milstein says it's Milstein. That's right. And I know Barbara. She's terrific. So, so we have to problem. go with what Barbara said. Milstein. Okay. All right. So, Dr. Milstein. So I've had this interesting experience over the last week where I've slept through the night like seven nights in a row. And here's what happened. I had all of these real estate transactions going on where I was buying and selling different pieces of real estate which is one reason why we spent the holidays at our new house in Durango, Colorado. But I get back here to San Diego, and at my new house here in San Diego, we attempt to get internet from AT&T, which is similar to trying to get like your driver's license through the (laughs) sloths in Zootopia. It simply is impossible. So for the past week, I haven't had any internet at my house. So therefore, unlike when I used to, before I could go to bed, I would check my emails and look at Chargers news and stuff, and then I would wake up like Charger. twice during the night. Oh, my God. If you're thinking Whereas for the last week, I haven't been able to look at email at all when I go home. And I get home, you know, at five or six, and I don't look at anything. I have no, like, visual input. Well, our device is definitely probably... And so, a, a, and now I sleep yeah. through the night because I, ha- I don't look at anything before I go to bed, and I've slept through the night seven nights in a row, which I haven't done since I was, like, sick. You're kidding. No. Does that have something to do with the I fact that I'm sleeping now? Yes, absolutely. So that's... Uh, you've discovered uh, what is... What we've been really learning, which is our devices, our cell phones and our TVs and our tablets, which we all love and are so addicting and so fun, they emit a type of light called blue light. Okay. And that blue light interferes with our ability to fall asleep and to stay asleep. So uh, yeah, that's been a, a really big discovery lately on understanding that even though those devices are so much fun, that putting them away about an hour before bed can really have a, a big impact on helping people sleep. Well, I'm living proof. Yeah, but, yeah. But, but even interacting, like I think you should watch, I watch, you know, Johnny Carson's on every night on this uh, 69.2, I don't know, the Fox uh, uh, HD, whatever, that additional digital channel. And I, I watch Johnny Carson at 11 o'clock, and then, and, you know, then I go to bed. 
So uh, if I make it through the whole show, but but I shut I shut the computer down. I turn my phone off. I don't know if a lot of people they go oh if there's an emergency. I go well you know what if I, I don't know. I guess if you have kids or whatnot, but um, I shut everything down and um, so I don't know. You don't you you leave your phone ring around all night, Richard? No, I don't. I turn it off around seven o'clock. Oh, oh seven <laughs> even better. <laughs> even better. I don't want to be bothered, Joe. I just don't. Okay. But anyway, when you give your talk, Mark, what are some of the preliminary things uh, that you get into before we even get into other things like therapies and, and whatnot? Uh, well, we talk about, we, we start by talking about how we've really learned how important sleep is. Mm-hmm. That we used to think that sleep was something that it's just rest or uh, it's just something that, you know, that kind of gives us a little break. But now we realize that not only is that when we remember things, that's when our memory gets strengthened. It's when we repair our immune system. If we don't sleep well, we get sick. Uh, we also mm. learning that it's also related to obesity and cancer and diabetes and all these things are very much connected and that how important sleep is for pretty much any health condition you name, sleep plays a role in lowering our risk and, and, and can be part of the treatment of that condition. It may not be the whole treatment, but it needs to be part of it. So if someone's having a real problem sleeping, I mean, I think... I'm a, you know, exercise is always a component. I mean, it's got to be one of the first things you ask, are you doing any walking or how much movement are you doing throughout the day, right? I mean, Can I ask a question about exercise? Yeah, definitely. I usually like to work out early in the morning because I've noticed if I work out like at 7 o'clock at night, I have a hard time falling asleep. Right, so you've discovered. (laughs) I'm I'm learning a lot of things. You, through through, uh, your experimentation, has discovered what a lot of scientists have discovered too, which is, uh, number one, is that exercise for most people earlier in the day is better. Some people... Uh, exercise at night can be fine, but if you okay. exercise too close to bedtime, you can release some endorphins or okay. some hormones well, that keep you up. But the what uh, one of the biggest things that we have really discovered is how important it is to get outside and take a walk mm. about uh, soon after you get up. Mm. And it, there's a real reason for that. What we understand now is that there's a little clump of cells in your brain uh, that was discovered called your suprachiasmatic nucleus, but it's, it's your brain clock. And what we've learned is that that clock is set every day and that clock determines when you fall asleep at night and the way that you set it is by getting outside first thing in the morning in some natural sunlight so that a certain number of hours will pass and you'll fall asleep much easier at night so really one of the first tips that we always talk about is we live in a world where people get up they jump in a car they go to an office with no windows and they don't realize they're missing out on just five or ten minutes of natural sunlight, which really has this really big impact on helping people fall asleep at night. So you're saying the first thing in the morning you should just get up and get outside for a while, go throw the garbage, do something, Yeah, right? throw the garbage away, check the mail, <laughs> walk take the your, dog. Walk the dog. You know, it doesn't have to be the first thing, but within the first half hour of getting up, getting outside and getting just five, ten minutes of natural light is really, really well, important. Well, think about back in the, you know... The dark ages, or what for what, or you know, back before we had electricity and everything else. I mean, you pretty much your life was ruled by you know the daylight hours, uh, right? So you, I put the crack of dawn to feed the pig, right? Yeah. Absolutely, or and, that, and yeah. we're we're tied to that, and that 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 naturally sets our clock. Yeah. Let me ask you about daylight saving because I've been having some interaction with the uh, lieutenant governor in the state, and he's <laughs> I think he's in favor. And it almost passed last, but uh, they're thinking of uh, I I don't like when it gets darker earlier in the winter, and I do think it affects people's mentality. I mean, we do kind of work through it, but there's always more car accidents and everything. Right, uh, right. Um, don't you agree that we should probably just leave it alone and and um, and leave it regular standard time rather than roll it back? Uh, there are there are studies that absolutely show now that people get in more car accidents the week after daylight savings. There's more injuries. Uh, people have a high risk of having a heart attack, end up in emergency rooms. Mm-hmm. So there is this 
this this hour change of our clock, which a lot of people you know roll their eyes at and say it's not significant, mm-hmm. we do realize that we are very sensitive to these these changes, and there is uh, you know evidence to suggest that things that we can do for starting school certain hours and when people are going to work that we could help people's health and their and their safety by adjusting things in a in a proper way. Yeah. So, so that means you could move to Arizona or Hawaii. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah, well that's true any any state can we, change. We went it. to Hawaii, you know, over Thanksgiving week for Mary's women's professional tennis tournament uh-huh. and we didn't remember that they don't change their clocks. Mm-hmm. And of course we had just been in New York, you know, because she ran the New York Marathon, mm. you know, so we were now like five, we thought we were 6 hours different but we're 5. So our sleep schedule was all screwed up. So we get up <laughs> the first morning like at 2:30 in the morning Hawaii time. And we're sitting there, and we're like, does the sun ever come up here? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I don't know how people live, like, in Barrow, Alaska or whatever, where it's dark six months and light six. I mean, that's really got to be, you know, you better have a lot of indoor lighting systems to compensate uh, for for the lack of light up in the northern areas, right? It's challenging, and it's hard on people's moods. Mm -hmm. And uh, the recommendation now is that when people live in areas where they don't see adequate amounts of light, is now a very mainstream therapy is light therapy. So mm. there's these little light boxes that people can get that will mimic sun, sun, uh, yeah, sunlight. Like, what well, they have that? Se- what's it called? Seasonal affective d- yeah, that's disorder. Very, yeah. And people, the, the light boxes help. That? The light boxes help, and it's uh, that's a very real condition. It's also based upon that little clock uh, clump of cells in the brain that, yeah. that can be thrown off if it's not seen. So I guess it's t- it's tied in with uh, depression and everything. But, but absolutely. The, but we should. You know, I did read one article about longevity, living to 100, and the doctor did. Mo- he moved sleep up from number three to number two. So <laughs> exercise, sleep, then diet, and right. um, and because they are discovering the you know the obviously the the, the physical uh, impacts of sleep. Now now kids who take Adderall and. Uh, for studying and whatever, or uh, we're going to talk about sleep aids too. I mean, I personally would never take a sleeping pill. Uh, what's your thoughts on these things? Oh, that's a great question. That's a really complex, complex issue. So when we talk about sleep, uh, what we now know is that the over-the-counter sleep aids, so that the things that are sold in pharmacies that they mm-hmm. sound very safe because they must be if they're in a pharmacy or a drugstore, mm-hmm. the things you can walk in and just pick up. We now know that those types of sleep aids, and even the ones that are, let's say, allergy medications and people mm. use the side effect of drowsiness mm-hmm. to fall asleep, we now know that people who take those, on average, can have memory problems about 10 years before wow. uh, people in the general population. And we, we believe that what's happening is that the interfering those medications interfere with the natural sleep cycles. People don't go through the deep sleeps and the REM sleeps that they need. Have they made the connection to dementia actually or not quite it, yet? We, we have the connection that it raises the risk. Huh. So we can't, we can't say that, it's, that Def- somebody takes those medications and they're definitely going to develop dementia, but we can say that they have an increased wow. risk. So we, we, there is a, a, a big need to get that information out to people that in terms of sleeping aids, that those over-the-counter medications, especially for the long term, they, they have to, people have to be very careful. What about, about like those. melatonin? I mean, no. so, yeah, so melatonin is uh, something our brain naturally releases when we fall asleep. Mm-hmm. And so taking melatonin over the counter uh, used to be something that was very recommended. And now that's being pulled back on because the melatonin that we can get in the pharmacies is not regulated by the FDA. You have no idea what you're getting. Mm. Melatonin interferes with other medications, and mm. melatonin also, oh. uh, if you take melatonin, your brain can stop making it. Yeah. So, well, so, so the recommendation now is actually get outside the presence of natural light. All right, we'll yeah. clarify more of that. We'll come yeah. back with Dr. Mark Mills Stein, Stein. Yeah. <laughs> after the break. Hang on. <laughs> All right. 
right, we are back with the award-winning It's Your Money and Your Life. Over to Richard to thank our sponsors. Big thank you to our sponsors. And since I got a great night of sleep last night, Joe, I'm going to thank them from memory. Oh, gosh. Big thank you to UBS with Michael Caranta. <laughs> Could not do this show without UBS and Michael Caranta. So thank you, UBS. Also, our favorite CPAs on the planet. We've got two different CPA firms. We work with Signature Analytics, Jason Kruger, CPA, a great CFO service firm, also more traditional CPAs in terms of income tax work and audits and reviews and financial statements. That would be Polito Epic CPAs with Don Epic and Paul Polito up in San Marcos, California. Also, our great friend, Joel Greshkin with Cost Segregation Initiatives. Joel helps real estate owners improve their cash flow. Now, with all this money that those sponsors make, how about you store it at what used to be known as California Republic Bank, now Mechanics Bank, because they just did a merger. In fact, Sean Puckett's going to be an upcoming guest here in January with Mechanics Bank, a great niche market bank serving wealthy families and family offices. Also, our great friend Neil Staley with Hub International. Hub International was formerly known as Mars Maddox Insurance, a great employee benefits firm. Also, a recent guest, Paul Hines. Paul, of course, is the CEO of Hearthstone Private Wealth Management. And Paul heads up the Senior Safe and Sound.org initiative here in San Diego, helping to prevent financial abuse of elders. Also, Michelle St. Clair, Elite Lifestyle Management. For those of you who, like me, have no time, and need to get some things done, from simple travel arrangements to more complex things like finding a place to land your private plane in Cuba so you can do some fishing. <laughs> Elite Lifestyle Management can help you with all of those needs, save you a bunch of time, get things done while you live your very busy life. Also, a big thank you, of course, to Courtney Holst with PopX Graphics since it's the first show of the year, who does a tremendous job on our award-winning website. And media kit. And media kit, exactly. Mm. And speaking of diet, for those of you who are getting hungry, listening to me go on about our amazing sponsors. we got some cool food sponsors too, right, Joe? Absolutely. Well, there's the Very Good Food Foundation headed up by Michelle Ciccarelli Lirac, who uh, provides some really nice programs. If you look on their website, verygoodfood.org. And, of course, we broadcast from their annual Very Good Night Dinner every June. And there's also the stats, coffee houses, uh, the original University Heights, uh, excuse me, Normal Heights, and then the second University Heights, and the third in Hillcrest, all open 24 7, 365 for if you can't sleep. <laughs> yeah. And we'll talk about caffeine in a little bit. But anyway, they're always crowded, always great food and great coffee and, and teas, and, and a lot of uh, non caffeinated drinks as well. And obviously. Joe, I actually did that for memory, and I forgot one sponsor. So I got, <laughs> I got a B. Plus. Okay. I forgot the LG Experience and the Lombardi Group helping wealth advisors make heroes out of CPAs to the CPAs, very best clients. But I just had there, to try that. There you go. And I know many of our sponsors have been working with you for 30 years, Richard, but you probably forgot that. <laughs> no, I'd like to forget that it's 30 years and just claim that it's 15. But uh, I know with great success and they're all terrific. But the but good news is these headphones cover up my gray hairs around the <laughs> Anyway, we're back with Dr. Mark Milstein. We're going to talk about sleep. Also and, known and as Mark Milstein. Milstein, I'm sorry. Milstein, gosh almighty. I, That's okay. Joe's memory is going, Dr. I, Milstein. What can we do for him? I better call him Stein Mill, and then I'll remember it. But um, in any case, uh, well, I know you're giving a couple of talks. Let's get into that in, in, in January in San Diego. Do you want to tell us when and where so people, in case people want to come and hear you speak? Oh, definitely, yes. Uh, they're going to be at the Sheraton in La Jolla, mm. um, and they are on January 18th, which is Wednesday, and then the following Wednesday, January 25th. Mm. They're both at 11 a.m., mm. and the first one is on memory, actually, how to... Uh, understand and improve your memory. Mm. And the other one is on uh, the following week is on uh, a big area of brain science right now called mindfulness mm. and how mindfulness is now being used to understand happiness and controlling stress. Really big, some some big breakthroughs in both of those fields. Mm. Um, and if people are interested, they can go to my website, which is drmarkmilstein.com. 
there you to go. find out more information. Hey, hey, before Perfect. we talk about memory, can I ask a quick question about naps? Are naps yes. good or bad? That's a great question. So naps are uh, can be fantastic if they're done correctly. Uh, and what we now understand is that a nap that is 30 minutes or less can be fantastic because of the way our brain works. Our brain goes into a cycle of light sleep, deep sleep, and dreaming. Mm-hmm. And when if we nap too long, we leave light sleep and we go into deep sleep. And that's when you wake up and you don't know who you are where you are, what you are, you're totally confused from your nap. So mm. if you if you sleep for just about 30 minutes or less in your nap, you wake up in, an, in a type of sleep called light sleep where your brain activity is still high. So naps that are short are great. Mm. That, that's interesting because yeah. I, I rarely take a nap, but when I do, I notice I can't go for more than like 40 to 45 minutes max taking a nap when I wake up. You should only take like 20, 30 yeah, minutes. 20, right? 20, so 20, it's slightly yeah. long, but that's interesting because I, yeah. I can't. Well, now, how about a lot? I mean, the, ideally, you should try to get to sleep at the same time every night and up at the same time every morning and yes. try to get what I get around seven hours. I don't know what works for everybody. Uh, you probably can get too much sleep or as well as too little, right? Right. Yeah. So when you look on, uh, the, on the Internet or you read magazines and they say everybody needs seven hours or no, they need eight, the number keeps changing. And there's a reason for that. And that is that you can't tell a person how many hours of sleep they need. Everybody is different. Mm-hmm. But people can figure out how many hours of sleep they need. Uh, and there's a way to do that um, by laying off caffeine, putting away your devices, going to bed when you're tired, laying off some alcohol that day, mm-hmm. and uh, going to bed when you're tired, waking up when you feel like it's time to wake up without an alarm clock, and then do that about four days in a row. Mm-hmm. And about on the second, third day, you're going to start to realize your number of hours that you need, which is going to be different than other people. And it's really about waking up without an alarm clock and feeling Ref- rested and refreshed. And this sounds bizarre in a world where we need alarm clocks, but that really is what, what we're looking to do. I hardly ever set mine, Richard, and I usually, but if I do, I usually get up before it goes off anyway, so. Right. Yeah, you know, uh, I get up before my alarm clock goes off, regardless of the time I set it for. Yeah, that's the, that's the way to do it, is that use it as a safety net, yeah. um, and just in case, but if you can go to bed so that you know you're going to get enough sleep and you can wake up without it, that's the ideal but, but, way of But I've had this, well, I've, I've arisen before sunrise ever since I was two years old, apparently, oh, wow. according to my mom, yeah. and I still do. So I guess I was a farmer in a previous life or something. <laughs> But of course, stress p- plays a part too. If I mean, look, if you have a bit, let's say your t- Richard has to go before the IRS the next day to the, to represent a client, or there's some big heavy thing on your mind, you may, you may not get the ideal sleep that you typically do because there are some things weighing on our our minds, right? Uh, yeah. I mean, so that we uh, go through traumatic experiences and we lose sleep, right? Yeah. About sixty percent of sleep issues, either having trouble falling asleep or getting back to sleep, we believe is due to stress. So that. Uh, stress really is the enemy of sleep. So doing things about the hour before bed that can de-stress us is very, very important. I'll tell you, if you, and of course, caffeine, alcohol play a part. And if you know, if you're not getting your good sleep, you might want to examine. Um, gee, I should maybe stop drinking coffee at what at noon or two thirty uh, or something. For most people, it's actually about if two p.m. That's yeah. there's a very it stays in our system for a very long time. Yeah, the half life. Yeah. And then of course, uh, they all say glass of wine with your dinner and all this, but that may be interfering with your sleep too. So you may want to examine that, right? Yeah. So the alcohol makes us drowsy. Uh, it interferes with something in our brain that helps us go to sleep. But then what happens about four or five hours later is it causes a stimulant to be released in our brain. Mm. Uh, so that's why people have that, uh, that rebound effect where they wake up in the middle of the night. So using alcohol as a sleep aid is, is not recommended. So maybe a, maybe a few ounces of wine with dinner is uh, probably it. And, and maybe eating late is not a good thing either, right? Maybe right, we, yeah. we should probably, you know, cut down. They say you should have your no, they say breakfast like a, a king, lunch like a prince, and dinner like a pauper. But typically, we do it in reverse order, right, Richard? Some people. Yeah, I, I tend to eat uh, lunch as my biggest meal. I don't like to eat a lot of food. Yeah. Maybe. 
But um, so so those are all important. Um, let's talk about Mary Lou Henner a little bit. I, you know, can you have too good of a memory? I mean, my gosh, these people. She we talked about this at the break. Uh, what you call it, hyper hyper well, anyway, I yeah. call it eidetic memory. Eidetic. Where, where they can remember everything they did every day of their life uh, for you know since birth. Uh, I mean, that might almost be a burden. I don't know. Right. I'm, so that that's a very rare condition and. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's only a couple people in the world that have that. It's the idea that they can recall anything that's ever happened to them. So if you say December 15th, 1972, they'll tell you everything that happened on that day. Uh, we that under- was my mom's birthday. <laughs> <laughs> but Honest we- to God? Yes, December 15th. I'm cheating, but it's not true. Se- not 72. He could have picked another day. And been able to say that. <laughs> okay. But we, uh, well, every year it's her birthday. Right, okay. Right. Yeah. How about that? What a coincidence. <laughs> But we, Sorry. No, no problem. But we do know that um, uh, for most people that, that have that memory where, that is almost too strong, it can be very difficult because really what we've learned is that forgetting is actually an important part of memory, that our brain gets overfilled with information and it's almost like a desk that can be too cluttered and just forgetting the things we don't need to remember really actually helps us remember the things we do need to remember. We know that there's structures in people's brains that are enlarged that cause them not to forget. And that actually, if it's too strong, can can be an issue. Mm. Yeah. Well, we're going to come out on our break in a few seconds here, but we'll come back. I want to talk about diet, exercise, are there things we can eat and ingest, whether it's liquid or food, that m- might help our, our brains out and memory out and all that good stuff. Justin, so we, remember to play the music. And we'll be back with Dr. Mark Milstein right after this. Hang on. Oh, I love that song. Like we remember this. Andy Griffith. Barney Five. <laughs> I was just reading about uh, about that show, and um, I don't know, Andy. I, I don't know. I can't remember all the details. How about that? Okay. I, some, something, something about the friction going on during the, some of the shoots and, and whatever. But boy, Ron Howard sure. Uh, we had some superstars on that show. Yeah, Ron Howard really turned Ron out Mons. to be. You know, most of these child actors. Boy, we're digressing here, but most of these child actors, you know, their lives don't go too well once they hit their teens and beyond. But he seems to have kept it all together from, uh, from I guess he was on that show. He was about five years old, I, I yeah, think. Yeah, he was young. And from Burbank. So, But most of these Hollywood guys, as, as, as Dr. Mark might know, you, well, you went to UCLA. I mean, the, they have a rough life, uh, some of them, right? Adjusting. Yeah, it can be very difficult. Kids that look at Carrie Fisher, for gosh sake. But uh, anyway, we digress. She didn't get enough sleep. So you I guess. I you you wanted to give out the website, Joe. Yes, I did. Dr. Mark Milstein. Also Stein, known as Dr. Dr. Mark Milstein. Me, Dr. Mark Milstein. Boy, oh boy, I tell you. Mark, Mark Milstein with a C, dot com. And he's giving two talks uh, at uh, Sheraton La Jolla this month, and they're all on his website. Milstein, Milstein, Milstein. We so, got it. So, okay. Dr. Milstein, question <laughs> about memory. I don't watch much TV, so in my spare time, I do a lot of reading where I try to memorize everything that I'm reading just for the sake of like, making my brain practice things. Mm-hmm. It might be history, it might be sports, whatever. And I've also noticed it helps me sleep. So, for example, like about a month ago, Joe, you'll appreciate this, I decided to memorize the starting lineup of the Chicago Cubs 1972, which was really easy, like Randy Hundley at catcher, Joe Pepitone at first, Glenn Beckert at second, Don Kessinger at short, Ron Sano, Billy Williams, Jose Cardinal, Rick Monday. So I memorized that. So my first question is, is, is that going to help me like when I'm 85, that I'm practicing my brain when I'm 58? But it here's the other interesting thing. It won't even help you now, Richard. <laughs> I know, but here's the other. That's just an example, Joe. People are like, man, this guy is really weird. I know that. But here's the other thing. Like a couple weeks ago, I woke up in the middle of the night, and I was thinking about like my stressful day at work the next day. Mm-hmm. And I said, oh, this is ridiculous. You can't do anything about it. 
And I said, go back to sleep by just starting to recite the starting lineup of the 1972 <laughs> Chicago Cubs. Of course, my wife knows I'm crazy. She's like, what on earth is he talking? And I started doing that. I like, fell asleep immediately before I even got to right field. That's great. What you're doing is really excellent, which is, uh, if we think about it, how many f- cell phone numbers do you have memorized today? Hardly any. Right. And how many did you know 10 years ago? Oh, my how God. Many? Hundreds. Right. So yeah. uh, what, we realize, what we're realizing is, is that our memory is a skill that's really use it or lose it. And so that we're living in a time where our cell phones are wonderful and everything's great with the, all the technology. But the problem is we're, we're not practicing our memory like we used to. So the idea of taking some time throughout the day or even once or twice a week and just memorizing something and using that skill is very important because we're living in a time where we're forgetting how to, how to, how to memorize things and how to remember things. So I, am, is, I am forgetting names now. I'm, yeah. I'm forgetting names. Now, do you do this, Richard? Do you forget? Uh, I was at the grocery store in Solana Beach two days ago, and somebody walked up and said, Richard, Happy New Year. Yeah, and I'm like, who the heck is it? And I'm like, I'm doing great. How about you? How's and you, the and you, knew, and you knew the face, right? But yeah, you couldn't. I knew the face, you just, but not the name. A lot of time they catch you out of surprise, out of left field. Exactly. You, you know. Plus, and, you know, if you're in a business setting, they're not dressed the way you normally would expect them to dress. So, like, somebody's wearing their shorts and their t-shirt. You're like, yeah. I think I know this person, but usually they have a suit on. So what's it all about, Mark? We're uh, just the old age. <laughs> their names are names are hard, yeah. and, and but faces are much easier, and it's really based upon how our brain is designed. We we are it's much easier for us to remember a face. It's information we had to know evolutionarily, but a, a name is something that if it's not connected to something emotional, uh, if it's not connected, they to say something, mnemonic aids might help. Yeah, like if you, like you've got a friend Barry, if you imagine like maybe a strawberry on his forehead, right, that would help. C- you. Gotta watch what you say, though. Right, right. If well, also taking well, some time to when you meet somebody, uh, our memory is set up in a way that's not really how we think it works. Mm. We have a part of our memory that is really responsible for throwing away information and not cluttering our brain. Mm. So if we don't spend about seven seconds or 10 seconds when we first meet someone, really reinforcing their name by repeating it or using a a mnemonic or putting their name on their forehead, writing their name on their forehead in your imagination, doing something like that, allows that information to go deeper into the brain and yeah. people really do remember things better. You're right, because a lot of people, you know, if you might be ill at ease if you're at a social event or meeting a lot right. of people for the first time. I So I tend to ask them their name a second time right, just to, 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 help my, to help me. But, yeah, uh, yeah it's, uh, you know, it's a, it's a learned skill. It's like anything else. Well, it's just like people say they can't remember a joke. Right. And right. I, I think I know why. It's because it's when... It's not funny. Well, <laughs> no, no, no. If you're hearing a joke, you're in entertain me mode you're not right. in retain the material mode right. so you almost if you want to if you want to memorize you know tell a joke to somebody else you almost have to hear it a second time because isn't that right mark i mean um I mean, you have to really i mean if but you, is, wanna, you were talking about mindfulness is that part of mindfulness yeah mindfulness is this idea of being in the present moment which we have now now realized based on a lot of studies that that's a big impact on our stress level so when you're talking about when you were having trouble sleeping mm-hmm. and you started thinking about the Chicago Cubs starting lineup, that was actually a mindfulness right. moment. You were not thinking about things that are stressful. You're thinking about uh, something that, like the Chicago Cubs, and that relaxed you and put you right back to sleep. So you were actually having a, a real mindfulness moment there, which is uh, there's other ways to do that that, sure. have, that, have, that have been shown to be very effective in sleep and everyday stress and how important that I can be. I also think either a jacuzzi or a hot shower about an hour before bed. I mean, if you really need to relax, uh, th- that should do it if you're, you know, a good jacuzzi for whatever, 10, 15, 20 minutes. And, yeah, absolutely. Uh, Those uh, things can be very I mean, helpful. I mean, that'll really put you out, I-, I think. Have you tried that, Richard? No, I don't do that. No. <laughs> I mean, a hot shower either? I mean, if you can. I 
Well, like if I go run late in the day, I'll take a hot shower. But again, I like to exercise early. I know, I know. I mean, like before bed, if you're like too stressed out or too tense or whatever. But um, I haven't tried that. The whole thing is uh, try. To, well, the stress management thing. I mean, what are some some uh, tips for that? Uh, uh, the th- the mindfulness techniques can be very helpful. Another thing that is is really helpful is sounds very simple, but again, this idea of when we go back to this idea of the phone numbers, how many phone numbers did you know mm-hmm. ten mm-hmm. years ago? What we realize is that if we write things down on pen and paper, mm. so if the things that are bothering you, things that are stressing you out, if you actually take a moment and write them down on pen and paper, what we realize is our brain will actually let go of them, just like your brain lets go of cell phone numbers when you put them in your cell phone. So if you're right before bed, this idea of now it's called a stress journal or a sleep journal, take a few minutes, write those things down on paper. So there's some type. studies that have shown yeah. that once you get that information out of your brain and onto paper, your brain will let it go enough at least to get through the night you can deal with it again in the morning. So, but this is bizarre. Like Joe mentioned, be, uh, I, I can't remember phone numbers now because it's all on my cell phone. But I right. can I can call back out of my memory uh, phone numbers from thirty years ago right. before cell phones. Like my late oh, uncle yeah. John Riggs, brother of Bobby Riggs, Joe. He was six one nine four three five zero four zero two. Right. I, I mean, he passed. I away remember my phone. Ago. You know, back in in the early days, it was uh, like Avenue eight six eight two eight. That was yeah. our number. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. So you have those numbers, <laughs> but any Not any current. new number is almost impossible. Yeah. Sometimes Once you forget your own cell phone number. Someone right. asks you your own yeah. cell phone number. Right. You don't even remember that. Right. Joe, you wanted to ask about diet before the show. Well, ended. I did. Is there anything uh, really? Uh, have they discovered some good supplements or foods that would help? Help us with our memory. Um, when it comes to supplements, the research is pretty mixed, and mm-hmm. there doesn't seem to be anything unless somebody is deficient. So somebody, mm-hmm. and everything we talk about, everybody always wants to go talk to their personal physician, make sure that they have all the proper tests. And if they're deficient in something, then a supplement can be very beneficial. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to diet, what we understand is that taking care of our heart is mm-hmm. really taking care of our brain, so mm-hmm. that our heart is really delivering the oxygen and the nutrients to our brain so that things like uh, some very simple tips are when we talk about uh, eating in the grocery or choosing food in the grocery store that is on the periphery, you know, fresh fruits, vegetables, Mm. lean meats, things that are not processed. The more we see the studies, the more we see the the less processed the food. They think blueberry. They think blueberries. Things that are fresh. Salmon, fat. I think the good fat, I'm, I'm, for the new year, I'm going to eat more fat. Yeah, good fats are very important. And stay away from sugar, of course. And yeah, minimally processed. Uh, whole foods, things like that, are seem to be the best things that we know of for the brain and for the heart. So, so question, our yeah. younger generation that is so dialed into technology, are they going to have memory problems for their whole life? That's a big concern, is that, that the skill that is, uh, that is something we have to practice of actually retaining no information. Because they've Right. So when pe- somebody asks you something... Well, they can't you know, spell. We know that. <laughs> <laughs> right. And so when somebody asks you something and you, um, we all now what, we immediately pull out our cell phone and Google it, it's the idea of that recall is something that we also have to practice too, and just take a moment and see if we can bring it back without just hmm. typing it in. Yes. Yeah, so well, Google Doctor Mark Milstein, he'll be speaking at the Sheraton La Jolla twice this month because I know he's based up in Los Angeles. But really, thank you for joining us, oh, Doctor Mark. It's been thank a you so real much pleasure. for having me. Look forward to seeing your mom again at the group at twelve. Richard, Happy New Year! Great happy seeing New Year, year, everybody. And Justin Hart, our board operator. Thanks for making us sound terrific. Thanks to Craig Blanking, our account executive, and to Dave Sniff, our programming genius here at KFMB. All these podcasts are commercial free on iymoney.com. Happy New Year. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye now.